it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks for your company. This week the focus is on Emma Bennison, CEO of Blind Citizens Australia, but this time we're really going to focus on Emma's story itself. Recently she was invited to be the keynote speaker at the SPEVI conference. Now for those of you who don't know, SPEVI is the South Pacific Educators of the Vision Impaired. It's a very important conference that's held annually and it is for blind and vision impaired people as well as people who are involved in the education of blind and vision impaired people and people who are interested in hearing about latest developments in terms of education. Now of course it is separate from the roundtable on information access for people with a print disability which is generally held in May. This year, for the first time, the conference was held online, and uh, as I said, Emma was invited to be the keynote speaker at the uh, SPEVI conference. As well as that, Emma's been nominated for a Pro Bono Australia Impact Award. If you'd like to vote for Emma's nomination, you can go to pbaimpact.com. And there's a survey there where you can vote for the people who you think have made a big difference to the not-for-profit sector in Australia over the last 12 months. And I'll repeat that detail again at the end of this first part of Emma's keynote speech from the SPEVI conference. Change, it's a constant and I think um, something that we all have to deal with. Um, when I've been thinking about the the theme of celebrating change, I think about the fact that um, certainly my life has been characterised by change and I don't think um, I'm unique at all. I think everybody experiences a significant amount of, of change in their lives um, and certainly my, my personal and professional life has been characterised by change. Um, I suppose what's been different about um, 2020, and I think this year will be no different, um, is that we have very little control um, over the changes that we are experiencing at the moment. Um, and I've certainly been a victim of that um, in recent days. Uh, I've just returned from Brisbane where I've been visiting family uh, and, and am now quarantining um, with my daughter. She's also quarantining. So, um, you know, it's still with us and I think will be for some time to come. And there are lots of theories about change, lots of things that we're told we should do, you know, make sure that the strategy aligns with the with the resourcing and make sure that you communicate and all of those things. But um, I think today what I want to do, rather than focusing so much on theory, um, which you can all read, um, I really want to focus on, I guess, some of my, particularly my educational experiences but in the context of how those have shaped my um, approach to BCA and my ability um, to deal with change. So um, I think, you know, if, if I can give you some takeaways and some things to think about um, that I've learned in relation to how I've approached change um, in various contexts, but particularly recently in terms of BCA and how we've dealt with the, the pandemic, um, then I think um, I'll have done my job. So let me just give you um, a bit of a history of, you know, where I've come from and what my uh, educational experiences have been like. So 
My um, schooling started very early. Um, I think I was about two years old when I first um, was put into a taxi and had to go to what was then called the Narbathong School for the Visually Handicapped. Um, and look, you know, it was uh, a scary experience. Um, there were some excellent teachers, um, but it was also um, sometimes quite traumatic and there was some um, ab abuse in various forms um, in that environment. And, you know, I, I swung, I think, uh, as a general rule, between being very bored um, and very anxious about, um, particularly in, in one particular class, I can remember, I think I was in about year three, um, wondering, you know, when myself or one of my classmates would be yelled at or, or belittled next. And, um, you know, according to my family, I was quite difficult to live with as a result because, you know, I'd come home and throw terrible tantrums and all sorts of things like that. So it wasn't a great start. Um, and I guess it's probably not surprising given that, that, um, you know, that there was, there was a shared experience of trauma, um, you know, at that time, um, that some of those people who I shared those experiences of, of my early school years with um, remain really close friends of mine today. Um, and it's also probably not surprising that um, all of us, all of those people um, experience, you know, some level of um, mental health um, consequence. And I think, you know, many of us are still dealing with the fallout of that today. Um, but I don't want to paint a terrible picture because it wasn't all bad. Um, you know, A, we made those wonderful friendships that are, that still exist today. And I don't think any of us would, would want to lose that. But there were also some really bright spots. There were some fantastic teachers, um, some of whom I'm still um, in, in touch with today. Um, and I learnt Braille. Um, Braille has absolutely made a huge difference to my life. I'm, I'm reading from um, my notes in Braille as I'm talking to you now. Um, there are so many areas in which I use Braille for labelling and, and all of, you know, the many and varied, varied things that people use it for, but especially um, in my working life to be able to proofread um, and do detailed proofreading and presentations and things like that. It really has set me up well. I think the other um, experience I had at Narbathong, which really changed my life, and some of you have probably heard this story before, so I apologise in advance, but I, I do need to tell it, um, is that um, when I was five, um, Tom McMahon came to Narbathong. Many of you will know Tom. He may even be here today. I'm not sure. Um, but Tom uh, was the first person I can remember meeting other than, you know, who wasn't a peer, who was an adult, who was blind. And I vividly remember um, him beginning to teach a music class uh, with about seven or eight of us and saying to us, well, don't bother putting your hand up because I won't see it. And that was a revelation to me because I didn't know he was blind. No one had told me. Um, but suddenly I went, oh, so he's blind. So he's like us. And I thought, well, I, I remember thinking as time went by, well, he's really independent and he's doing stuff and he's um, he's really talented and he's a great musician, but, but <laughs> probably most importantly, he's just a really nice guy. And, um, you know, maybe I can... Maybe, maybe he's someone that I can, can be a role model for me. So I think, um, you know, that was where I started to realise the value of 
um, having connections with blind adults and role models um, and how important that was. And I'll come back to that a little bit later. Um, then I was integrated into a mainstream school for the remainder of primary school, so from the age of about eight um, and through high school as well. And I think that was where I learnt um, both about, you know, having to live in a sighted world, which I think was a good thing. I think everybody, we all have to learn that. Um, but I also learnt about isolation because um, at first I found making friends was pretty easy, um, but then as a novelty you know, wore off for people, the isolation isolation actually did set in. But I think, again, music really saved me um, because it was something that I could do, something I was good at and something where blindness wasn't a huge deal. I think the other way in which music saved me was that I got to attend the National Braille Music Camp, which I'm sure many of you are aware of. And, again, I think... I, I had some fantastic opportunities to meet blind adults. I also had the experience of sitting in a rehearsal room and being given a piece of braille music without having to ask for it and without having to wait for it. And I'd never had that experience before in my life. So that was a really exceptional, um, I guess, a, a reminder to me that there is something to be said for having material, having information, because of course blindness is an information disability primarily, and, ha and having that experience of having the information at the same time as everybody else uh, really did have an impact on me. And I think also just having that opportunity to be with other blind students my own age and not having to try to fit in. Um, I didn't realise, I don't think until I went to that camp, how much energy it takes to um, to fit in or it took to fit in um, at that time. And I think it was really good to have that experience of just kind of having a, a break from it, really. Um, during that time, I had some really great um, visiting teachers. Um, I had some fantastic ones. I also had a couple who weren't particularly confident. And whilst to some extent that was frustrating, what it taught me was to speak up for myself and what I needed and that sometimes you can't wait for somebody else to do it for you. So things like, you know, making sure that I had handouts in advance or later on making sure I had them in electronic format, um, for instance, was really um, a useful thing. So, um, so that was school. And then I went to uni and, you know, I, I think I just learned to live. I studied a Bachelor of Music, by the way, for anyone who's interested in that. Um, I, I learned to be independent. I learned to live independently, but I also learned more about um, how to advocate for myself. Um, I remember one particular experience I had where um, I was selected to be um, in a, a particular choir. It was a small chamber choir and the conductor decided um, halfway through the semester that I wasn't allowed to be in the choir anymore because I couldn't see his conducting. Um, so I had to advocate for myself on that, um, in that scenario. I had to, um, you know, go and speak to the disability support staff and get them on my side and um, also um, get a number of the other members of the ensemble on my side to say, hey, you know, she's she's actually not doing anything to um, to ruin our performance here and it's and there's no real issue. Um, I did win that battle, but um, it was it was really difficult and it did it did sort of 
make my confidence take a hit, I think, at that time. So, um, but, you know, I did win. So maybe that was where I started to get my kind of thirst for advocacy. Um, so then I um, moved to Lismore in northern New South Wales and had an experience of what it's like to be unemployed for a couple of years. Um, I did do some part-time work, um, but, you know, had this, this degree that um, really I couldn't use. Um, and I ended up, you know, going and doing some further study in office administration. And eventually, um, after a couple of years, got a job in Brisbane in the Queensland government. Um, and I think that was where I learnt a lot about um, having really good champions and mentors. So I had lots of um, people in that department who just kind of recognised something in me and really did everything they could to help me. Um, I had one guy who just um, taught me how to write, taught me how to write um, uh, emails. I was responding to queries about industrial relations, believe it or not. It's a long way from um, a Bachelor of Music. But, um, yeah, he taught me how to write. And I had there was another person who um, just used to um, make sure that I had what I needed in terms of information without me ever having to ask him. Um, and, you know, those sorts of experiences really are um, fantastic because I think you only need one or two people um, who are champions to really um, make you feel, you know, included and like you can achieve. And that was the first part of the keynote from the SPEVI conference of 2021, delivered online this year for the first time. As I said at the beginning of the program, Emma's been nominated for a Pro Bono Australia Impact Award. If you'd like to vote for that nomination then uh, get on to pbaimpact.com, pbaimpact.com, and you can vote for the people who you feel have made a significant difference to the not-for-profit sector in Australia. If you'd like to get in touch with Blind Citizens Australia, then call 1-800-033-660, 1-800-033-660. And you can hear the information that's on the telephone system there, and if you'd like to speak to an operator, you can simply press zero. New Horizons is available as a podcast. You can search for New Horizons or Blind Citizens Australia in your podcast app of choice. If you have any concerns about how to access New Horizons, then send an email to new.horizons at bca.org.au. New.horizons at bca.org.au. Or you can email bca at bca.org.au. I'll talk to you next week. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream. Of our dream.